Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues the message entitled, Winning the Battle Through Worship. His scripture text is taken from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 7, verses 7 through 17. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick told a familiar story of a workout session with a former Marine and then brought us two of eight things that we need to know in the midst of our battle. On this broadcast, he brings us five more things to know, including a touching story of ministering to the next-door neighbors, even though at first he was reluctant to do so while serving on the mission field. And now, here's Brother Rick. Cry out to the Lord, why? Because he hears you. Yes. And he answered. The Bible said he thundered. Boy, that's a great word. I don't have time to preach it all because y'all listening too slow. I'm not preaching too long. If y'all pick up your listening, we move along. But anyway, the Bible says in John 12, that God spoke out of heaven to Jesus and they said that was thunder. In Revelation 8, he said when we pray that he takes the prayers and mixes it with the incense of off the altar and the Lord answers by thunder, which is his word, by lightning, which is illumination, by earthquakes, which is a shaking of your circumstance. Every time you cry out to God, he thunders, he lightens, and he moves. That ought to make a statue jump up and down and a mummy twirl if you're getting a hold of what I'm saying this morning. He's a God that can hear and answer your prayers. Glory to God. I'm feeling pretty good about right now. Number three, worship right in the face of the enemy. Right in their face. When a doctor come in seven years ago, when I first had his problem, he said, you're dying while I'm talking to you. How many of you know that's not a good word? And then his next statement was, I want you to be calm. I said, listen, if you want a man to be calm, don't tell him he's dying while you're talking to him. Not a good approach to calmness. And I started laughing. He said, why are you laughing? I said, because I'm happy. He said, you're dying. I said, you can't die if you're laughing. You got to get all pruny faced like you've been baptized in vinegar and weaned on a dill pickle. I think we're going to go out of this world laughing going to the next one because you're going to find out why we're laughing. Listen, when I go on to glory, don't come around crying on my only new suit. Listen, this is what we're living for. We read the Bible like it's natural. <laughs> we act like these things that these people did in the Old Testament was normal. Can you imagine Moses when God called him in Exodus 3, told him to lay down his rod and it become a snake? Just think of that story for a minute. Then the Lord tells him, pick him up. Pick that snake up. How many of you know right there I'm going to need some ID? <laughs> yeah, I ain't taking the first word on that. <laughs> You're going to have to confirm that. Two or three witnesses let all the... You remember, think of when he went home and he set that rod against the tent and he said to his kids, hey, 
Leave that alone. As if it goes horizontal, your mother's going to freak out. Just Can you imagine Jehoshaphat in chapter 20 of Chronicles? He's surrounded by five times more enemy than he's got troops. And he goes to God and says, hey, what do we do? And God, <laughs> I know sometimes God's winking. He's, saying, he's looking at angels saying, watch this. Lay your weapons down and run at them singing. How many of you know that don't make a lick of sense to nobody? And imagine coming back with that report to the troops. What did he say? He said, lay down your weapons. Run at them. Sing it. Huh? We act like that's normal. That ain't normal. You don't read that in the art of war. Lay down your weapons and run at them singing. And when Jehoshaphat obeyed that command, the armies against Israel got as confused as a homeless man on house arrest. They had no idea where they belonged. They had no idea what to do. And they ended up killing one another. Because the enemy gets confused when you worship and you don't have a reason to according to their estimation. Praise God. I think we ought to do it right now. Hey. Wow. (laughs) My heart was working 100%. Y'all couldn't take it. Number four, accept the victory as it comes. Here's where we have problems. Like me, I was sitting there waiting for a number so I could worship him. You need to worship him right where you are, right in the midst of your battle. I get amazed because I started giving reports on Facebook. Anybody follow me on Facebook? Yeah, it took me years to get on there too, so don't worry about it. I was waiting for Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter to combine and become you twit face before I learned how to do it. But I decided to go on on Facebook and share the gospel. So that's what I've been doing. But I start coming on there and saying, my heart's not at 19% anymore. It's at 30%. How many of you read that and heard about it? Then when it was 33, but you know, there's always them people look at you like you're looking through the back of your head. Spooky, spiritual brother. If I was you. I wouldn't give a testimony till it's a hundred percent. Two words for that. Y'all figured out what they are? I said to one of them, if you was praying for a million dollars and the Lord gave you a hundred thousand of it, you ain't smiling. How many of you know if he gives you a hundred thousand, you're going to give him a grin and wait on the rest of it? Wherever you are in the victory, you ought to be worshiping even in the midst of the battle. Mm, Number five, raise up an Ebenezer worship right where you are. See, what I love about this story, he didn't raise up an Ebenezer at the end of the war. He raised it up in the middle. And he just said these words up to this point. You've helped us. 
Can you just lift your hand and say that, Lord, up to this point, you've helped me. Think about that for a moment, how powerful that is. Up to this point, Lord. Why is this church where it is? Because up to this point, he's helped you. Why are you better, Sister Gail? Because up to this point. Brother Tim, you know why you're here? Because up to this point, Baba, he's helped you. See, we need to learn to worship on the journey and not just the destination. Number six, we need to walk in ultimate victory. We need to not give up on the finish. Why? Because he that's begun the good work in you is able to complete it. Amen. I said he's able. People say, Brother Rick, do you think he's able? To restore your heart completely? Well, yeah. He's able to put three of them in there just to freak out the people looking on the scan. <laughs> I get amazed when God speaks and people don't hear him. The night that they told me I was dying, the Lord told me I wasn't dying. And the doctor said, yes, you are dying. I said, no, the Lord said I wasn't dying. And it ensued into an argument. Yes, you are dying. It's like he's wanting me to or something. And he's like, you are dying. I'm like, no, I'm not dying. I come back, my family's eyeballs red like a raccoon cleaned down their chin. And he told all them I was dying, and I wasn't there to tell them I wasn't. So I come back, and they all look like a little bastard, had a little sad eyes. And he's like, you know what he said? And I said, yeah, but God told me I wasn't dying. So my son, he wanted to stay with me that night. And he said, there's some things I want to tell you before you die. And I said, but I ain't dying. And he sat in a room, he confessed stuff that he had done and stuff that he needed to do or thought about. And every few minutes he'd say, before you die, I want to tell you something. And I put up with that by, by, to about 2.30 in the morning. I was needing to take a nap. You know, when you get old, God speaks to old men in dreams because he can't keep them awake. And listen, <laughs> I needed to prepare myself to hear from God. So I looked at my son and said this, somebody in the room is close to death. But it ain't me. <laughs> and it's just me and you, so you better cut that before you die business. Now, how many of you noticed? That's been seven years. Do you, I look remotely dead to you. I'm not dead. Why? Because God trumped the word <laughs> that I've been given. I don't even know how good I'm going to get. <laughs> but I'm better than I was. Number seven, believe not only for the victory, believe for restoration of what you've lost in the past. Why? Because he's a restorer. Because he's a redeemer. Because he's desiring you to have everything you ever had and stuff you didn't even know you got. He wants your family saved. He wants your family's family saved. He wants your neighborhood to know Jesus. And you need to understand, he's about that business, whether you are or not. Can I tell you a story? Shake your head, yeah, because I'm going to. I'd rather do it with your permission. We got some people moved in our neighborhood. We got a little house in our neighborhood where people move in, and 
It's usually people that can't afford rent, and it's a little old house that's run down. The guy won't fix it. And I've been wanting to buy it, but he's wanting a ridiculous price, and I want to buy it so I can control the neighborhood. Man, no sense of lying about it. Jesus knows this stuff. And everybody moves in there, you know. We had a guy in there, he's cooking meth. I'm telling you, you couldn't set my living room without getting high. And it is important to understand, I want them gone. Yeah, I come home from India taking the gospel to the world and try to pray people out of my neighborhood. You precious holy people. Look at y'all looking at me. And the Lord spoke to me a few years ago. I come home from India, and there was a guy had a sign on the front of his little house, beware of pit bulls. Now, if you're a dog lover, you're going to have to love me and go to him, but I ain't. And how many of you know if you got a dog and it's a pit bull, the whole neighborhood is terrorized. All I could see was them pit bulls eating my grandchildren. So I went in the house in my holy frame of mind, just coming from the mission field, and I said, Lord, we need to talk. You need to move these people out of my neighborhood. Let them take their pit bull somewhere else to eat other people's grandchildren. <laughs> and you know what the Lord dared to say back to me? He said, take them some money. They can't pay their rent. And I said, good. That means they're going to evict them. He said, you didn't hear the first part. You take him the money and pay the rent. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.